0: Welcome to this week's episode of compound your knowledge where Dr. Jack Vogel and I review three posts from our blog each week. This week we have our own quarterly index analysis and commentary for Q1 2019. We have a post on hedge funds and a classic paper from our site that Wes recently converted to a video titled factor investing is simple, but not easy. Let's start with uh, the quarterly index analysis and commentary for Q1. Our goal here is to kind of give you an update on what happened to our indexes in the quarter to help you understand the process better. Uh, Jack, can you give us just a quick summary of what the quantitative value indexes and the quantitative momentum indexes are doing?
1: Yeah, they're just, you know, our attempts uh, in the index to attempt to. Uh, invest in you know value stocks that have higher quality, or momentum stocks <clears throat> that we deem to have better quality of momentum, Got right? You. And that's that's kind of what those indices are intended to do and capture. Gotcha.
0: So, so we'll, we'll go with the with the value indexes um, over the last quarter. What what factors helped the value indexes, and and what what hurt them?
1: yeah so and this is a newer thing we started in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh we did a attribution deck yep. as well as a commentary by Wes. so we've updated now for q1 and the, the in q1 uh which specific to us value right and if we just look at it what you want to do is you know we say we try to buy value securities as well as higher quality securities. so we attempt to um use those two factors value and quality as well as size because in the index the positions are equally weighted mm-hmm. so what you can do is look at how did those factors do during the quarter mm-hmm. right and what you found is on the u.s side size did pretty well so smaller caps did better than larger caps again this is on our the that we're looking at like top yep. 1500 stocks yep. whereas value as measured by enterprise multiples did net had a negative return and quality had a negative return yeah so going back to our um, quantitative value index for the u.s what that means is obviously it was up because the market was up a ton right so that's a huge part of the return but then as far as the other attributes and the other factors that we attempt to load on right size had a positive whereas value and quality had a slightly negative impact on the overall net return
0: Gotcha, and and so and then so you know across the U.S. in general, uh, probably probably any any index that had smaller rather than large probably did better. Than, yeah, uh, you know that, that's that that was a that was a helpful tailwind this quarter. Whereas in the fourth quarter, smaller companies instead of large companies was probably a bad bet, yes. right? So mm-hmm. that that hurt you. Um, uh, and then on the momentum side of things.
1: So it was you know similar because it's mainly you know size and momentum yep. due to the fact of equal weighting have a <clears throat> loading on size. So what you found is size helped, momentum was in the U.S. was negative, so it slightly hurt. Yep. Um, on the international side, actually almost all of those factors that we we're talking about like size, value, momentum, quality were all positive. So those had positive uh, additive e- effects uh, in Q1. What 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 performed better in Q1?
0: international or domestic in general not
1: sure uh i believe it was domestic yeah, yeah.
0: gotcha okay so uh, the next post we have from this week is only hedge fund winners in tough times show skill jack what was this paper analyzing
1: so again this is trying to look at it's you know always a hard question of you know, managerial skill and whether or not you, know, you have your past performance can attempt to predict your future performance. Yeah. And so what this paper attempted to do is say, hey, we're gonna look specifically at hedge funds, not mutual fund managers, which a lot of other people have looked at, right? Or ETF managers. Um, but so they look specifically at hedge funds. And they try to say, how do hedge fund past performance do in the future? And they come up with a unique measure where they essentially measure your average performance in down periods and up periods Mm. and see if the performance in down or up periods has any explanatory power in the future. Mm. And what they actually find is that for funds that performed well in the past when the market was down, they outperform their peers in the future. Right. So, so that is, I guess, the main finding of this paper is what they find is funds that did well when the hedge fund on average returns were below their median. That's kind of how they measure it. So they did poorly. Those tend to do better over the next three months to three years. Gotcha. So
0: the, the second question then from the paper. So is performance persistence related to manager skill?
1: Yeah. So they find like a positive correlation. So in the literature, there's a lot of all these other measures that are, people have come up with to try to attempt to test manager skill, right? Skill versus luck is always like a hard thing. How do you, how do you identify what skill is? Right? So all you, all they can do is kind of say, Hey, here are some other measures that people have used in the past. Mm-hmm. What they find is their return down measure, right? Is positively correlated to skill. However, what they do find is that their return down measure has explanatory power above and beyond the other manager skill uh, variables that have been used in the past. Awesome. So, those appear to be an interesting uh, variable and idea that they tested. Um, and yeah, it's, it's probably worth looking at. Uh, I'm not sure how well it, it does. You know, one thing about hedge funds is, you know, each fund may have a different objective. Right. So there could be legitimate reasons that, um, you know, you do well in one scenario and poorly in another scenario. Right. So, yeah, that caveat needs to be added to that paper.
0: The devil is always in the details, right? Um, and so, what what what's like a, what's our general takeaway here in layman's terms, as best you can? Hedge funds that protected you better on the downside did tend to do better on the upside, or
1: well, well, so what? Yeah, what they found is they tend to do like if you just use that measure, yep. which is how well did you do in downtimes? times, yep. in the future, both in up and down markets, mm-hmm. the ones that did better in down markets, in the past did better. Gotcha. Um, so uh, what, what I'd say is, again, on that measure, I, I still tell investors, you might wanna look at it, but you should probably just see what the hedge fund's doing as well. Gotcha
0: cool uh yeah so the third pep, uh post we have this week is a video west did as you can tell we're getting more involved in trying to do videos and the our reasoning behind that is simply some people prefer to be educated prefer to learn through videos instead of reading some long white paper um, that's the purpose of these videos but so that's also why wes termed one of his uh classic presentations into a youtube video so Um, This classic paper he wrote is titled, Factor Investing is Simple but Not Easy. Um, We'll give you the highlights here. As I said, this this video is on our website, so you can go check that out. Um, But it's structured in four parts. So, Jack, I'll give you each part, and you can give us uh, the quick summary of of what, what West ends up talking about in more longer form so the first question was what is factor investing so jack what is factor investing
1: yeah so it's just systematically tilting or building a portfolio where you are tilting towards a factor so value is a factor Mm. whereby you're buying cheaper stocks and then you know in and you could be shorting growth stocks as well But for most investors were just tilting their portfolio towards value stocks or high momentum stocks or smaller stocks right and it's a systematic method because again you're not just buying the market you're buying a subset of securities yeah but you're doing it systematically
0: yeah To, to me i i always and i always better understood it too is like it's a characteristic right some stocks have certain characteristics that in the past caused them to do different things right so like value is a characteristic that these stocks are cheaper than other stocks, right? Another yeah. characteristic is that, you know, they can be more expensive. And if we separate stocks that were cheaper over the expensive ones in the past, that seemed to work out better. Um, they also do have high
1: correlation structures and covariances amongst them, too. which is why they get deemed risk. But there's a whole argument in academics, characteristics or covariances. Yeah, see, Jack knows. They're both, that, they're both important, as yeah. I would say.
0: Jack knows too much. So I can I can skip some of the important details. Um, uh, so the qu- second question: Do factors work?
1: Uh, so long and short is yeah. historically they did, yeah. but they don't work all the time. Gotcha. you can dig into the
0: details. Yeah. Um, factor portfolio considerations: What what do we need to consider when we're constructing factor portfolios?
1: Yeah. So this one's interesting because yeah. um, you know we've looked at it and we've shown you know. An interesting thing is, you know, when when you just look at like academic factor portfolios, you're just buying top decile, quintile, tercile, right? Mm-hmm. Shorting the equivalent bottom decile, quintile, tercile, yeah. right? But when you do that, right, you know, the the more concentration you take historically, the premium, if you believe that there was a risk to buying like cheap stocks, if you buy cheaper stocks, you expect higher return, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's great. However, what, what that comes with is what's known as tracking error,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so tracking error comes into effect because you know, if the market's up five and your tracking error is 20%, right? You know, two standard deviation event, you could be down 35% with reasonable probability, and now the market's up five, you're down 35. So can you actually stick with it? So the considerations are how do you build the portfolio, like how many stocks, as well as what factors to use, how often do you rebalance, there are a lot of things that come into play when you try to go build a portfolio yeah
0: yeah and uh, you know and I, I kind of think of that as the arithmetic of the investing there's there's these certain major muscle movements how many st- how concentrated are you how many stocks do you own? how frequently do you rebalance that are going to control a lot of, of what we expect to happen um, Question number four section number four from the video managing factor investor behavior what, what are things we can do to help control uh investor behavior when you're investing in factors
1: well so i mean part of it is at the outset make sure you understand what the process is yep. right so don't say hey i have this really cool strategy it's my you know, proprietary black box strategy um that buys you know you don't tell them but you're buying cheap stocks yeah right because the minute you do that well, that's cool if you have a good year. Yeah. People are gonna be like, "Oh, you're really smart." But then when you have a bad year, they're gonna be like, "You're stupid." Yeah. yeah. Right. So one thing is just be transparent, honest about it. Second is try to up front tell people, you know, if you like, if you if you take a higher tracking error approach, right, let people know that up front. Yeah. So thereby they can then in their own mind be like, okay, well, I don't really want to deviate from the market that much. So, you know, maybe I'll make my portfolio ninety percent the market. Ten percent, this like crazy high tracking error stuff, right? So those are just two things. There's a lot of things. Investor behavior is important, mm-hmm. uh, and as you know, as you know, I've generally said, the best investment strategy is one you're probably going to stick with, yeah. right? Like over the years, asking people or talking to a lot of people, I've sent a lot of people to like Vanguard or yep. just passive market cap portfolios. Why? Because they're like, hey, you know, this or that strategy seem to underperform this past month to the market by 1%. Right. Well, that person really just needs to invest in the market because they're going to compare it to the market every month, right? right? So I think investor behavior obviously is super important, uh, and that's where an advisor or you know an individual can ascertain what their behavior, what they think their behavior is going to be in the future.
0: Um, all right. Well, that's what we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in to Compound Your Knowledge, and we'll see you next week.
2: Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, and should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities, or to adopt any investment strategy. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Alpha Architect does not resume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made or given by or on behalf of Alpha Architect as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of the information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including direct, indirect, special, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2018, Alpha Architect LLC. All rights reserved.